<laughs> All right, let's All do right. this. Let's do it. <clears throat> oh fuck! I don't even have notes. This feels so weird without notes. But totally. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking do it. Uh, I don't even know what 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 would we even say before this? Somos real Latinos. Hey, there it is. Use that one, Ron. Yeah, use that one. All right. Hola y bienvenidos a Relatinos. My name is Ismael. This is Ron. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this is Guti. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó, mi gente? And we are Relatinos covering Latin American cinema. Uh, but today we got something a little a little out of the box today because, uh, I don't know, we're all so giggly today. <laughs> but uh, we, we're doing something a bit different. Um, but anyways... Uh, we got something a little bit different for you today. Uh, we're going to be doing a 2022 review, uh, review of our 2022 and our movie journey. Um, and let's just, let's just get into it. I mean, this is going to be a, a nice, nice quick app. So, um, sure it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, finally going to be under 30. That's what Ron said. Ron said, let's aim for 30 minutes. So my audacity has been going for 42 minutes already. So. <laughs> nice. Right oh, on schedule. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's start off with our top five movies of 2022. Let's just get down. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, and why don't we start off with, uh, editor at large, Ron Jimenez. Ron, what were your top five movies? Of 2022. Uh, my number five is a movie that's part of a larger franchise. There are a lot of movies in this franchise, and I like a couple of them. Um, but oh, uh, it it it, it kind of surprised me. So, um, Prey is my my, oh, my number five. Yeah, oh really? But I heard it's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I it's yeah. I great. I mean, I'm in general like I. I really like, well, I guess I like the idea of the Alien franchise and the Predator franchise more than I actually like most of the installments, <laughs> really. I only like the first Predator movie and the first two Alien movies, but, um, Did yeah, just because I've, beach. yeah, just, just because I've seen all the other ones, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll check it out, but I was, yeah, I was kind of in, enthralled by it, so, um, I thought they did a, a really good job with, um, with it, and I, uh, I, I really looking forward to see what Amber Midthunder um, yeah. might be up to next and then um, and just where they, they take the franchise from there because I thought it was a, a nice fresh little reboot um, my number four is uh, so you guys give me crap all the time about not going to the movie theaters so this I will. but He's I gotta... did go to the movie theater to see this movie um, and uh, so I Everybody was always like, oh, like, you got to go see it in the theater. Like, it makes the experience so much. I'm of the mindset that a movie should be good on its own merits. And you see Damn. it in the theater shouldn't, you know, shouldn't make a difference. Wow. But, um, Ron, the anti-theaters. I... Anti-theaters. Breaking news. I, <laughs> I like theaters. I'm just saying oh. that I think a movie should stand on its own. Um, but anyway, right. that being said, uh, this movie I did see in the theater. And part of the reason I'm picking it 
is because of the experience that I had when I went and saw it, because I went and saw it with Ismail and a bunch of our other friends. Hey, um, hey, it's hey, uh, Decision to Leave. Decision um, to Leave. Yeah, I'd never seen a Park Chan-wook movie before. Um, and Rod's uh, decision to leave the house to go to the theater. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, but but Park uh, Chan-wook, yeah, your, first park, your first Yeah, it was park my movie. first Park. Yeah, it was my first Park Chan-wook movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect. And, like, I... I um, it was uh, at least to me. It seemed like he was very inspired by by Hitchcock, and you know, yeah, um, I think all three definitely. of us are pretty big Hitchcock fans here. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I really dug it. Um, my number three is a movie that I'm not going to say a ton about because I've already said a ton about it on an episode of the show, Dumb. and I'm sure that the two of you, I, I expect at least one of you is going to mention it. It's probably going to be one uh. of your number ones. I, uh. I would put money on it uh. that it is. Uh. Um. It's a movie called Bardo. Oh, and, uh, eh. and I'm not even going to say more about Bardo, it. I know False Chronicles I... <laughs> of a Handful of Truths on the top five for Ron. You love to see it. This is yeah. great. So <laughs> I'll I'll let one of you talk more about it. Uh, my number it two <laughs> is the my number two is another movie that um, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but it's one that um, it's uh, it's also I guess technically now it's a franchise movie. Um, it's, it's one that when it came out, everyone rushed to the theater to see it. And I was like, that's, nah, it's, it's not that good. Like, there's no way it can be that good. I'm going to wait for it to come to streaming and heck maybe even watch it on my phone. I didn't watch it on my phone. I watched it on my TV, but still <laughs> I waited and just watched it last week. And, um, when I finally did sit down to watch Top Gun Maverick, the, Yo, you have the hype was too? real. I was surprised yeah, at, at how much I dug that movie because I'm not. I like the first one, um, in general. Like I like Tom Cruise and stuff, but like I, I, I was very surprised at how how much I dug that movie and, um, and like you guys know, I don't rewatch movies a ton. And I think that's that's the thing with my top two, like the. The other movies that I've I've named so far, I really really liked them, but I'm not like in a rush to see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, yeah, I I look forward to watching Top Gun Maverick again and watching it in soon. It was it was a blast. It was it was like you know it was it was a uh, it was it was a roller coaster ride. Um, Do you regret not like, watching it in theaters? No, not at all. I, that's that's that, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was fine. And see, that's and that's what oh. I mean though. Like I don't like I didn't I didn't need. I'm sure it would have been awesome in the theater, but like I, um, I still thought it was so great just watching it in my living room. So mm-hmm. I think that you know that says a lot about about the movie. My number one, number um, one, oh, oh dang, number well, one so movie we for Ron, drum roll. 2022. Yeah, Brrr, my my drum roll. And I I will say, I mean, there's lots of movies that came on 2022 that I have yet to see. So. Before you say your number too. one, let, let, t- tell <laughs> yeah. us tell what are some 2022 movies you've not seen yet? So some... I haven't, well, I mean, I'm going to say a bunch of movies that I know that you too. Um, so, okay, I haven't seen Babylon, which oh. is a movie that I expect yeah. to hear about um, oh. well, during this, dis- d- during this discussion. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen The Fablemans or Avatar 2, which are movies that I don't expect to, hit, okay. um, You're not missing to be much. discussed in, in, <laughs> in this episode. Um <laughs> Yeah, I haven't. I mean, a lot. Like, I haven't. I, I haven't watched uh, with the Glass Onion. I haven't watched Glass Onion yet. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. It's on Netflix. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting to it. I'll get yeah. around to it. 
Um, <laughs> Dude, you watch like 500 uh, movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and? That's true, yeah. Um, but let's anyway. hear that number one. What's that yeah, number so, one for Roman? one movie I did see this year was uh, Halloween Ends. Um, You're and, uh, kidding me. That's yeah, absolutely. That's totally not my pick. Oh, oh okay. okay. I had a lot like, more fun with that than it, oh it seems like most people did. But, uh, yeah, I just wow. watched. All, I watched all three of them on Christmas, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I like. I if you if you look at them as comedies, like I just you know they, hey. they were a blast. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess that's a sneak a, a sneak um, honorable mention. But so my real number one is a movie that when it came out in like February or March or whenever, um, there there was a lot of buzz around it. And I was super stoked to go see it. And when it finally released, like I was going to go to the theater and see it. And for whatever reason, I didn't. And then and everybody else started going to the theater to see it. Mm. And it was it was just getting it was getting too overhyped. I was like, oh, no, I, I think you I know, know which one. Oh. And so I finally watched it about a month ago because yes. our friends of the movie mixtape covered it. I know exactly which and one it is. Guti, not too long. Actually, I think like the day before I watched it, Guti had asked me like, hey, um, when's the last time a movie left you speechless? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I rattled off a couple. But um, I watched this movie and I probably sat just in stunned silence for like an hour after seeing it. Um, the movie I'm talking about is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, nice. And baby, I cannot remember the last time that I had an experience watching a movie like it was it was cathartic is is the best word that I can I can describe because it there's so much packed into that movie. Um, there's so much about like that that just hit home for me that like mm-hmm. I I saw so much of like. Um, like my family represented in it, uh, mm-hmm. so much of like stuff that I've gone through represented in it, and um, and also too like Michelle Yeoh is I would argue is probably my favorite actress. Wow! Um, and uh, and Crushing that's Tiger Hidden Dragon is coming out soon uh, on on uh, theaters yeah. again. Yeah, they're re-releasing yeah. it. Though. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I actually ironically it's Crazy Rich Asians is the movie that like um, <laughs> that kind of cemented her for me. Nice. Um, of all things, but uh, uh, yeah, and then the fact that he came back, like I'm such a huge fan oh, of Indiana yes. Jones and of the Goonies, yep. and and seeing him back, and like so good too. Um, there's just so much that I I love about the movie, and like I would talk, I would go into it, but like anyone that hasn't actually seen it, I don't want to spoil anything for them because there's there's just so much that like if if you don't know what to expect. And and you just go in blind, like it'll it'll be so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's that's Absolutely. as of right now, that's my top five for believe the hype. Believe the hype yeah. is very very good, very 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 good. Wow, oh, yeah. what a top five, Ron! That's incredible. I like Halloween that, yeah. ends topping it all off. I mean, <laughs> it's seriously seriously it one for the ages tonight. <laughs> Pizza pies tonight, you know. So, um. Uh, Guti, let's let's go on with you. What were your top five movies of 2022? Well, top five movies that uh, have been released in 2022 for the listener, in case that wasn't okay. clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that that's actually very very helpful. Uh, but I'll 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 get there when I get there. Yeah. One so day. At, <laughs> one day, if, one day, Guti will watch five 2022 <laughs> movies. So. Uh, anyways, he's probably uh, seen more than me. <laughs> um. Anyways, at number five, 
uh, I had to go with a film that we actually covered on <gasps> this podcast. Oh, shoot. And that would be Bardo. Oh, uh, yes. I was absolutely oh. stunned by how much <laughs> I loved that movie. I was already uh-huh. a fan of Inyaritu, uh with Birdman. I definitely want to dive deeper into his filmography. You know, just kind of like the semi you know, just the magical realism and having kind of like a, uh, you know, being able to take a, a sneak peek into his into his head and this constant struggle that he has with his self-identity um, as far as like, you know, with his home country of Mexico and the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, what I love about it is, not, is that it's not just unique to him, but it's unique to so many creatives who come to mit- do work in Hollywood and even people who are not even working in Hollywood, you know, um, it's so unique to the immigrant. It's, it's universal to the immigrant story. So yeah. that's why it, it resonated so much with me. And obviously, you know, if you want to hear us, our full thoughts on it, uh, listen to our episode. <laughs> listen to Bardo. Now in our top five most listened to episodes, by the way. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Thank Doing you, guys. Numbers. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, at number four, this is a film that, unfortunately, I was not able to go watch uh, in Southern California when all my good <laughs> friends uh, were watching it without you me. Were me you were invited. You were invited. And Let rubbing it, it in on this podcast. Uh, but I was able to catch my first Park Chan-wook oh, uh, wow. film. And at number four for me, I have to go with Decision to Leave, which I think is actually the same placement Ron has. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I went on a huge Hitchcock journey this year. Spoilers for the mm-hmm. uh, the the other half of the, <laughs> the podcast we're about to record. But I went on a huge uh, Hitchcock journey, and you can definitely see the influence of it, uh, especially with Vertigo um, in this film. And so I just, you know, it's kind of like one of those like hauntingly disturbing yet beautiful romantic noir films with you know one of those (laughs) and it's i mean it's one of those endings too that just kind of leaves you like what yeah it's incredible (laughs) Uh to do my best uh impression of slim there well actually that was okay (laughs) but not to uh, keep on rubbing it in but i remember (laughs) as soon as it ended i like turned over to ron and i was like yo (laughs) yeah no it was incredible i mean it it it, it was incredible and you know i don't want to say too much more on it because it's definitely one of those films that i think that you should go in blind or you know, mm-hmm. blind to a certain aspect. I think it's now on Mubi, so and mm-hmm. Mubi I think is offering three three months. So please, it is. Please go yeah. catch Mubi that hit film. us up. It's... Let us uh, sponsor sponsor yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being told by Mubi uh, to include this film on my list. This is actually what I think. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Um, number three. So going back to uh, going back to. 2021 technically i guess but this film didn't get a wide u.s release until about may 2022 okay and so the film that i went with at number three is from none other than celine skiamas petite maman petite maman my 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 i mean if you haven't seen her other masterpiece which is the portrait of a lady on fire what are you even doing? I mean, anyways, sticking on this film, <laughs> uh, it is 
man, it is so good. And the fact that this kind of like fable slash fairy tale as Kiyama tells us within a runtime of 76 minutes. Uh-huh. 76 minutes. What yeah, a runtime. Yeah, like time. 76 minutes. Yeah. Uh, short, sweet to the point, And it has the emotional impact, or at least for me, that it gave me in theaters. Like, I, I you know, I had a little good cry in the in the car afterwards. <laughs> Just a little good cry? Come on. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, you know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I just love the fact that it kind of, tackles the it kind of gives us hope that you can bridge a generational divide between your parents and your your grandparents and you know this is like maybe a i had just celebrated you know a year of my grandpa passing so there's a lot of personal Uh connections that i felt with that film and that's why it ranks so high for me and i mean anything that scala puts out i in my opinion is a must watch so please please go catch that um when you get a chance at number two, I had to go with none other than probably one of the best experiences I've had in theaters mm. in a very long time. I mean, it's a film that not only made me cry, oh, my dad cry, oh, my brother cry, and my mom gawking while my mom was gawking at a shirtless Glenn Powell the entire time. Oh, and that my film God. is Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what even to say about this film. It, I, I, I saw it in IMAX at least, like, four or five times. I can't even remember yeah. at this point. Jesus. Um, I, you know, I think for me what... I think for me, what makes this film so special, especially in 2022, is it's a film that you really don't get nowadays. Like, it's one of those, like, uh-huh. big blockbuster popcorn flicks, you know, all thrills um, type of fun that I, I don't know, just personally, maybe I'm just, you know, starting to get old in age, but even though I'm not <laughs> that old, but anyways, uh, <laughs> like, it's just a film I don't think is made nowadays as much anymore uh-huh. and i think it's a huge testament of basically marrying the older cinema with the newer cinema yeah um and what i loved about it so much that i see so many of these reboots do nowadays is the fact that here you kind of have the old guard still teaching new tricks to the new guard uh-huh. and oftentimes in films where we have these reboots of legacy franchises the character growth of the new characters coming in uh, only happens at the detriment of the older characters and not really respecting them. And I think that's why fandom sometimes gets, you know, pretty PO'd on how -hmm. certain characters are treated uh, when those franchises are rebooted. But yeah, this, I mean, this film, so many themes like love, sacrifice, loss, friendship, family, I mean... It, it, it's one of the it's one of the best films for me, and this was actually my number one oh. until I watched the movie about <laughs> two goes. weeks ago. Oh my god! It absolutely knocked my socks off. I mean, everyone knows that I'm the history nerd on this podcast, <laughs> nerd ass. So, well, at least the you know the film history nerd. Oh, and uh, the number one film for me of this year is. Damien Chazelle's 
Oh, Babylon. Baby. Oh, what a this movie. Gonna, this, yeah, this one's going to take me a little bit, but uh, stay with me. Uh, <laughs> I, so I went into this film with pretty low expectations <laughs> just because the only other Chazelle film I've seen is, is La La Land, which I feel like at this point, if you haven't seen La La Land, are you underneath a rock, et cetera, et cetera. But, <laughs> uh, you know, our friends, Kevin McKenzie, um, on their, they, they covered it on their podcast that, um, Austin Danger podcast. And after listening to kind of some of the grievances they had and rewatching it, um, I, I kind of agree with them. So I, I mm-hmm. went with a little bit, I guess I went with really low expectations into the film is what I'm saying. And I was completely blown away. I mean, I think like if you ask, if you talk about like general audience these days and you ask them like, you know, what their conception of classic Hollywood is, uh-huh. they'll oftentimes tell you like it's polite stodgy conservative etc which is like yeah exactly which is the reality which is far from the reality of of, of it um and Roaring so 20s baby exactly yes. so oftentimes like what hollywood will do to to combat that is they'll make these films where like there's drugs everywhere alcohol's flowing like the freaking nile river these outrageous parties, et cetera, et cetera. But like this film is so much more than that. And even though it does have those elements, um, you know, I think Chazelle goes a lot deeper and you can tell that he really did his homework. Like it, for me, it's the perfect blending of film history and mythology and the way he's able to do it so seamlessly is just to me is incredible. Um, it's clearly a kind of a fable about Hollywood so not only talking about the good, but also talking about the bad and ugly. So I know a lot of people have been comparing this to Singing in the Rain, which I totally get the comparisons. Really? But... <laughs> I've heard but... it compared to like, I, I think the comparison that I heard was like, if uh, if Great Gatsby and Mank had a baby with eyes wide shut. Oh my I've God. Heard, so. Yeah. So, so, so. How is this like yeah, Boogie so... Nights and Singing in the Rain got married? <laughs> it's, right, it's, it's right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I even saw someone, uh, a critic, uh, call it, you know, this is Chazelle's eyes wide shut. And I would, I would, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, anyways, so for me, I think the reason people were comparing it to Singing in the Rain, along with Boogie Nights and those other films, is because Singing in the Rain covers kind of the same time period. Uh-huh. But my, I guess my challenge to that, or my counterpoint to that would be, as much as I love Singing in the Rain, don't get me wrong, people. I Ooh. love Singing in the Rain. It's a five-star film. It, 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 sugar, it sugarcoats the classic <laughs> Hollywood studio system. And this film, Chazelle is not afraid to show you the underbelly of the classic Hollywood system. Heck yeah. And all this is your grandma singing in the rain. Say your is grandma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, and so yeah. for me, like, it, it, I mean, I can't say enough about this film and I don't want to keep rambling on and, and spoiler alert, I'm kind of writing something, uh, about Ooh. this, but it's just, it's just amazing that he was able to fit in so much of classic Hollywood and kind of this era of growth. Because if you think about it, all these people were pioneers. I mean, they were just huh. pushing the boundaries of cinema, trying to figure out what the power of cinema is. And the fact that he's able to portray, you know, Manny who, again, reminds us that there were Latin Americans who actually worked in making the Hollywood that we know today. 
Nelly, um, who has the tragic story of so many actresses that, you know, were taking advantage of during that classic Hollywood studio system. He has characters like Sydney, who, you know, reminds you of Duke Ellington and Cap Calloway and some of the things that unfortunately even minorities who ended up getting in executive positions were asking other minorities to do to assimilate to what Ugh. the values of the classic Hollywood system that are. That part was heartbreaking. Um, oh my God. Exactly. Easily exactly. the most heartbreaking it, part of that movie. Absolutely. And, you know, he shows woman editing. A lot of people kind of brush that aside. There was a lot of woman editors and script writers back then. Some of the There's best editors in like films. all of Hollywood history is uh-huh. have been Exactly. Exactly. So the fact that he's able to show all of us that, and especially me having that background and a, being able to see how each character in the film relates to certain people or a mixture of people in film history, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. So the the last thing I'll say on this film uh, is you should go watch it 100%. Um, <laughs> watch this movie. And then, because I don't know when we'll talk about this period of history again on this podcast. Uh, two cheap plugs. If you're interested in this period uh, and you've watched this film and you want to learn more about the American silent film era and the emerging growth of Hollywood, go watch Kevin Brownload's Hollywood Celebration of the American Silent Film. Yeah. It's available on YouTube. If you can't find it, DM me. Um, but it's an amazing documentary that covers the era and it's kind of like known as the essential for the 1920s. And then I also recommend this book, um, The Genius of the System by um, Thomas Schatz that kind of talks about basically the, the, the early inception of Hollywood all the way through the, the end of the classic studio system in the 1960s. So if you're interested in film history um, and this era, I would definitely recommend those two uh, for you guys to, to watch. So, all right, <laughs> I'm done. Ismail. Take it uh, I mean, what a top five for Guti <laughs> as well. Uh, some really, really, really great movies there. Um, so I think out of us three, I'm the one that has watched more uh, new releases. Uh, probably probably combined. Stunned. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Overall, I watched, I, I keep a running list of my uh, 2022 movies, or any, any given year. Uh, any given year uh, starting at 2019, uh, any movie that I watch from that year, I just put it on the list and I rank it as I watch the movie. Um, so it's just an ever-growing list. And uh, as of today, I have watched 65 movies from 2022. So a lot of a lot of entrants. Um, but before I give you my top five, I'll give you a, a quick rundown of some honorable mentions. Top Gun Maverick didn't make it. Uh, the Northman didn't make it. Uh, Glass Onion, Knives Out didn't make it. The Batman did not make it. Um <coughs> Halloween what about ends. Halloween ends? Just tell me what <laughs> number one for the record. For the record, the Northman. For the hey, record, the Northman's overrated. Northman was dope. Northman for me was like my number fourteen. Uh, but if you're curious, Halloween ends was my sixty-one out of sixty-five. So you know, uh, it is a dishonorable mention. So okay, okay. but it's not last. But yeah. it's not last. That goes to the outfit. <laughs> but uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> Uh, some other wow. honorable mentions. Uh, Decision to Leave did not make my top five. Um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio did not make my top five. Interesting. Nope. Did not make my top five. Uh, Bullet Train did not make my top five. Love Bullet Train. But here are my top five movies of 2022. 
Uh, so far, of course, if I watch another movie that came out this year that blows me away, then I'll put it on the list. But as of today, as of recording, these are my top five. So my number five for 2022 is a little movie um, that is very long. It is almost three hours long. Um, and it is about a classical uh-huh. music conductor. Her name is Lydia Tarr. And the movie's <laughs> called Tarr. Directed by Todd Field. Um, incredible, incredible movie. Um, super slow pace, but so gripping. And uh, I could watch it again. I need I need to get that 4K. Because honestly, it's, um, it's, it really is uh, what a picture. You know what I mean? I think Martin Scorsese said that like, you know, he's all, he's all talking about like the death of movies, but he said like, I saw Tar and I've been revitalized. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, that that the the exact quote because I just looked it up. I was thinking about it. The clouds Ooh, lifted on cinema's dark Scorsese. days. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Tar. Tar. My number five. It's incredible. I mean, I've been uh, in classical music um, uh, groups um, all my all throughout my undergraduate career, and um, that's all I'll say about it. Um, it's uh, it's so, some of it. Some of it's kind of kind of true. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, watch Tar. Tar's great. Uh, my number four is a movie written directed by one of my favorite um, English language uh, directors and writers. Writer directors. Uh, his name is Martin McDonough, and he directed The Banshees of Inisherin, a a uh, little movie about friendship, um, and. Uh, Kind of mm. set in the back, uh, in the backdrop is the Irish Civil War. Um, it's about two Irishmen in a small island of Inisherin, and just how one day one of the friends says, "You know what? I don't want to be your friend anymore," and leaves. And there's no rhyme or reason exactly at the very beginning um, as to why he just doesn't want to be his friend anymore. Um, and it's just, uh, it's a really great movie. I think it. it talks a lot about like what you want to do with your life um talks about midlife crises um talks about friendship obviously um there is a beautiful little donkey um her name is linda i think (laughs) um so yeah great donkey oh Uh, man uh great movie the banshees of inisherin you can catch that on hbo max right now actually so uh go watch banshees of inisherin uh tar you cannot watch yet um but it is a really sound 4k uh, my number three, though, my number three, actually, my one, two, and three all have already made appearances in other lists here. Uh, my number three movie of the year is Damien Chazelle's Babylon. It is absolutely uh, ooh, 100% like a movie lover's just wet dream. It is insane. <laughs> like, it, it is uh, <laughs> It is crazy. Those last five minutes are like, transcendent it's um i mean i don't want to get too much into it because obviously please go watch babylon but uh everything that guti said i'm co-signing like it is all incredible um it's i mean i don't know what else to say about it it's just really fun it's such a fun movie it is three hours but it flies by um yeah i don't know what else to say it's um it's great watch babylon it is really really fun um Next up for my number two is 
a little a little low budget movie directed by two directors, Daniels. Um, it is huh. everything everywhere all at once. Ron's number one pick. Uh, nice. Everything mm. everywhere all at once is an absolute. I mean, it is a masterpiece. It is so well done. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. Everyone's acting their freaking butt off. Michelle Yeoh, as previously mentioned, uh, Ki Hui Kwan, as previously mentioned, Stephanie Su, as previously not mentioned, but Stephanie Su is, I think, I think that she might be like the star of this movie. I know she's not the main character, but oh my gosh, she just like wipes the floor with like everyone. She's so good. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I remember I watched this. Uh, well, I was in I was in Scotland for a couple months uh, while I was studying abroad with my professor who was on sabbatical, um, and everything ever all at once already came out in the U.S. earlier in the year, like in February or something, February March, and everyone is giving it five stars, five stars, five stars. It reached number one in Letterbox Top 250, and it stayed there for a couple weeks. Um, it is now number 15, but still, it's um, it, like it was, it was proven to be an incredible movie and I thought wow 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 I want to watch this but it did not come out in the UK for like three more months and I was so pissed because I, I would just see everyone's everyone's reactions to it and I just can't I just can't watch it like you literally you just screwed cannot watch it uh and then I got to watch it in IMAX over in London um the uh Daniels were there to introduce the movie um it was just an incredible experience. I had a great seat. <laughs> I, uh, and, uh, I just right smack dab in the middle, <laughs> just like, just like you love it, uh, for IMAX. And, um, it was just really like a transcendent experience. It's, uh, like, it, it, I mean, it's number two for a reason. It's one of the best movies of the year. Uh, super duper fun, really funny. Um, Daniels make really good movies. I mean, this is great. Swiss army man is great as well. I really love that. So, um, yeah, everything ever all at once. Check it out. Um, I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but anywhere, but by the fourth, it's on Showtime. It's on Showtime, so uh, check it out on Showtime. And this leads me to my number one. Uh, oh, here he baby. goes. Here we go. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, <laughs> you should see the stack of note cards that he just pulled I, out to read off of. I, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. <laughs> um, Bardo, Falsa Crónica de Unas Cuantas Verdades is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my freaking life. It is so good. Um, check out our episode on it to get all my thoughts on this movie. Uh, but yeah, when it touches on for identity, um, specifically between Mexican and Americans, but also about like, be, being between you're like living your life and you're gonna die soon so like midlife crisis sort of stuff um uh just family dynamics in general uh pursuing your dreams and your art and what that means to like uh your relationship to your family uh just is <sighs> listen to our episode please check out <laughs> bardo on netflix it is an incredible incredible movie ron Drop that, drop, drop that tuba right here while I keep on talking. <laughs> uh, this movie 
is seriously like it really changed me like it is like it's almost like Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu just went into like my diary and was like hmm let me make a movie out of all this just ripped it all out and put it on a movie and it's just it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um I keep on wanting to watch it over and over again but obviously a three-hour commitment is not not easy to find <laughs> um but I like Netflix please release this movie uh, or Iñárritu, si estás escuchando, por favor, me lo manda. Um, like, I really need this on a physical release. I don't ever want to, like, live without knowing that I can watch this movie at any given moment. Like, it is truly an experience. Um, the magical realism here, like, the straight-up Latinidad from that is off the charts. Um, and I don't know if this surpasses Birdman for me. It might. I don't know. It's just they're Bardo. Go watch Bardo. It's it's incredible. It's an incredible movie. Uh, we gotta get this, this. We gotta keep on moving this <laughs> this this podcast. Um, but those are our top five movies of 2022 uh, from all three of us. Um, but let's uh, let's head on over to some of the journeys that we took this year. Uh, a journey could be any uh, list of movies that are all interconnected by a certain. Um, theme. So, Ron, do you have any journeys that you took on this this past year? Yeah, um, the one. So I, I give myself challenges. Um, uh, so I I did the uh, the birth year challenge in in twenty twenty two. So um, the idea is that uh, whatever year you were born, however old you are, when you take the um, take the challenge on, you have to watch that many movies from your birth oh, year. Oh, good lord! So. I was 37 at the beginning of 2022 when I took on this challenge of watching movies Somebody from 1984. <laughs> the the key is that you're not supposed to watch movies that you've already seen. I see. So, and I have I I I don't remember if I cut it or not, but I we we did talk about this a little bit when we recorded one of the episodes that um there were a lot of really good movies that came out in 1984. There's, mm-hmm. you know, um Nightmare on Elm Street and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom whole bunch of really ghostbusters you know really really good stuff but i'd already seen all of those <laughs> um i basically had already seen every good movie that came out in 1984 so what i was left with uh there you know there there, there wasn't there wasn't that that much <laughs> so um i actually uh, i failed i oh. <laughs> i only made it oh, 19 no. of them uh, i technically because i didn't start it on the first i technically still have a week um to uh to watch another god i don't know Almost twenty movies. You got this wrong. Um, we believe in you. I, I'm. It's it, it's okay. It's you know I'm I'm, I'm guy, good. The guy I, watched um, like five hundred plus movies and wasn't able to challenge his own challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, there were some gems like uh, like Buckaroo Banzai. I I cannot tell you how much I need everyone to watch the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across <laughs> the eighth dimension. Buckaroo um, Banzai. Yeah, it is. It is on Tubi. Uh, it is the single greatest credits end credit sequence I or you have ever seen. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I watched some good, uh, Blood Simple, the first Coen Brothers movie. I'd never seen that before. Uh, finally checked out Footloose for the first time. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, Paris, Texas, I mentioned about, you know, Wim mm. Wenders' film. Um, but I also, I also watched some straight up garbage <laughs> like, uh, Bolero. And Supergirl and uh, uh, Sheena, um, 
Yeah. So, though, I will say one movie that our buddy Slim champions all the time, uh, Ninja 3, The Domination. Wow. Um, uh, I actually watched that one twice uh, in, in 2022 because it was just, it's, it rules is the best word I can use to describe it as majestic. Oh, wow. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was the one journey that I, that I attempted. Uh, I did not succeed. I'm not really broken up about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey. Uh, how about you, Luthi? I know of one journey that you took, uh, a big one, a big, big journey. But uh, mm. how, what, what journeys did you take over the last year? So, um, well, it's not it's not really a journey, but on an annual basis, I think I started this maybe, actually, I think I started it uh, once the pandemic hit. Uh, I started my annual uh, Goody 24-hour movie marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people that have, like, criterias, like, you know, watch... Um, you know, watch a critically bad movie, et cetera, et cetera. But for this one, I just straight up went into my list of Goody's Hall of Fame and decided to pick uh, 10 films to watch. Uh, I didn't get them all done within the 24 hours. Uh, it, you know, went a little bit into more of like a 72-hour movie marathon. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was able to watch some great movies like, you know, Mulholland Drive, Sweet Smell of Success, Interstellar, and of course the Red Shoes. Uh, and I, I and I and I like doing that um, because of the fact, or because of the fact that I kind of struggled doing rewatches. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, well, we'll talk about it once we get into twenty twenty three. But yes, the the big journey that you probably were referring to uh, was my Hitchcock journey. That's right. And so I had, I think before I started the journey, there were about 43 films of his that I hadn't seen. Um, and so, yes, so. I watched 43 Hitchcock films from, <laughs> I think I started like maybe in October and it took me all the way till, till November, but, uh, it was, it was totally worth it. I mean, it's probably one of the most rewarding journeys, um, I've ever been on cause I was able to find a lot of gems again, even though I didn't mention them on my top five first watches of 2022, uh, it's on that list that we'll have in the episode notes of some of the lesser known Hitchcocks, uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, so go check that out. But yeah, I mean, it was great because you kind of see the evolution of cinema, um, through the journey. Because he started essentially in the early days of film, so 1925 with the Pleasure Garden, or at least that's the one that we have. You know, it's like probably his last surviving film. There's like snippets of number 13, but it's only like 10 minutes, five minutes. So, you know, there's there's not a whole lot. You can't watch the full film, unfortunately. Um, all the way up to Family Plot in 1976. So. It's awesome because you see the technology evolving, but at the same time, like even in his earlier work, you can kind of see that he has all these ideas, but the technology is just not there yet for him. So he literally was like waiting for cinema to catch up to him. Um, And so it's awesome to see that. And then themes that he would eventually bring into his later works like Vertigo, Psycho, the ones that everyone knows see that in his earlier film work and how those themes he's able to flush them out later on um i have some more thoughts in my under capricorn review so if you want to go look at that um please do but but yeah that that journey was amazing and i'm glad that i can officially say i've seen all 
52 <laughs> surviving Hitchcock films. Goodness gracious. Wait. And you finished your and journey. You... And that's what's important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, Ron? <laughs> Powered right through. <laughs> you know what? Don't you worry. How'd your beautiful journey yeah, go? Yeah, I huh? was about to say, my, my, my journey that I took on this year was, uh, it wasn't even hard to do, really. Uh, 11 movies uh, before the World Cup. Um, so 11 movies because there's 11 players on the position, uh, 11 players on the field, uh, for any given team, uh, during a football match. And I wanted to do it before the world cup and I failed, I failed my, my beautiful journey. Uh, it's called the beautiful journey because it's the beautiful game. Um, but, uh, some movies that I did get to watch, uh, were Green Street Hooligans, which is a rewatch, uh, great movie, uh, Bender like Beckham. Uh, first time watch, Ooh. great stuff. The Arsenal Stadium Mystery, uh, a murder that happens <laughs> in the middle of an Arsenal match. Um, the Damn United, which I absolutely love, five stars for me. Um, uh, childhood uh, movie that I watched a lot with my brother, Joaquin, shout out Joaquin. He uh, makes the, mu- the music for this podcast. Um, uh, there were some other ones that would be rewatches that I didn't get around to watching. Uh, actually, two movies that I had already seen that if I had seen them again, if I rewatched them, then I would have finished my journey. But a uh, goal for 2005 uh, and uh, Shaolin soccer, Shaolin soccer, uh, absolute banger of a movie, five stars. Uh, one of the best martial arts movies ever. One of the best, maybe the best sports movie. It is so good. Um, so fun. Um, but yeah, my beautiful journey did not, um, did not uh, come into fruition 100%. Uh, there were some movies that I really wanted to watch that uh, I just were not available to me, like Next Goal Wins, which is going to get a remake um, by our very own Taika Waititi. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully... Uh, I mean, I had I didn't finish the journey, but uh, that won't stop me from watching all these movies that I have on my list. Um, I was very cocky, and I put more than 11 movies in this list. I put three extra subs. <laughs> Uh, so three, three substitutes that I could put in. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I get to, I'll do, I'll do a rewatch of Shaolin Soccer by the end of the month, hopefully. Um, Shaolin Soccer's a great movie. Start it over. You got four yeah, years Yeah, I got now, four so years. Sure. I got four years to watch 11 movies. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully then I can. Will he do will it? Will he finally do it? Um, yeah, I never said which World Cup. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of failed that journey. Um, and then I had a little mini journey, uh, with our boy, Nicholas Cage. Um, oh, his, yeah, baby. his movie, uh, the unbearable, an unbearable weight of massive talent or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was coming out and then, uh, the movie theater in Scotland, uh, where I was living at over in Glasgow, uh, they were just doing a quick retrospective on Nick Cage. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's watch some Nick Cage movies. I didn't, I didn't do like a whole journey like of Nick Cage. That would have been, I mean. Impossible. Impossible. There's a whole yeah. community episode dedicated to it. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so, yeah, I could not watch all of his movies, uh, but I did watch a handful of his movies. Um, uh, one of the ones that I watched that I thought was uh, really absolutely incredible, that I, it was a first time watch for me, Um was adaptation adaptation was super fun um i did not know 
like anything about it Charlie for Kaufman. going in other than other than Charlie Kaufman. Um, and it was just really cool, really meta, really just um, pretty intense. Uh-huh. So that was fun. I watched Moonstruck as well. Moonstruck was really fun. Raising Arizona was great. Yes. Um, I did a double feature of Adaptation and Raising Arizona. Uh, great stuff. Uh-huh. Um, um, but yeah, those are the two journeys that I took. Uh, but speaking of journeys, what are some journeys you want to take on for next year? Um, Ron, do you have one at all? Yeah, so I'm giving myself two more challenges this year. Oh. Um, one of them uh, is 100 Years, 100 Movies. 1923 oh, to 2023, I'm going to watch <laughs> at least one movie from each of those years. That is a fantastic kid. Um, so and proud then, of you. And then I'm also going to do uh, Around the World in 80 Movies. So I'm going to attempt to watch 80 movies. I don't think that I can quite do 80 different countries, but I'm, I'm going to try and, and, and wow. do no more than like five from... Wow. From from the same country, I'm going to try and get as many countries as I, as I can, and and you know be be a little more a little more worldly, um, nice. Which I think our our podcast will help with that significantly. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the last the last one that um, uh, Elizabeth, my wife, and I decided uh, after we were watching uh, It's a Wonderful Life over the holiday season, um, we decided that we're we're going to go through. Uh, James Stewart's filmography. Oh my god! So, wow! Oh, wow! Yeah, dude, uh, they they don't they don't make him like that anymore. He's oh, you know. Oh my god! Um. So you know, I, 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 I said recently that um. You know, I've seen It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know how many times, and I used to think it was just it was oh, dull my and, god. and and boring and and overblown and i don't know i i was i was straight up an idiot like that it's it, it it's perfect and like he's done so many other things like um H- harvey is, yes, is a standout dude. for me oh my god uh, yeah so um i know there's there's a lot that i haven't seen um i know that my wife's a big fan um and uh, so we're going to do we're going to do them in order and uh and oh. hopefully get through all of them Man, I am so so happy for you. I love Jimmy Stewart. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's definitely he's definitely my, my favorite actor of all time. I God, dude, just, <laughs> I want to be living <laughs> vicariously. Cannot through contain you, I mean, right? I'm I'm I'm, I'm blushing right now. T- take, uh, you guys can't take, see take me, my hand. But... Take my hand. Come come on the journey with me. <laughs> I'm, I may have to. Uh, may what have about to. you? The, you got a you got a you got a journey that'll top that? Jimmy Stoops? Jimmy Two Shoes? Oh man, I I don't well, I don't think I do. <laughs> uh, Are you doing but, the Criterion? The no 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 no. Okay, jeez. No. I have I have way too many movies that I need to uh, <laughs> uh, finish in my fiscal media collection. Uh, uh-huh. To partake in the Criterion Challenge, uh, but I'll be doing my own Criterion Challenge because, well, actually, I should have talked about this in the 2022 section, uh, but it's going to continue in 2023. Uh, I've been going through my Criterion collection chronologically, so I think I'm up to the 1960s now, and so you know I'll continue that journey. So now I'm you know I'm starting to get into the 1970s, the 80s. Uh, I know that there's like Wes Anderson is all over the Criterion Collection, and people love Wes Anderson. I haven't <laughs> seen a lot of his no, films. Snap, really? Um, I think I've only seen like 
Yeah, I think I've only seen like two have or three. Have you grabbed one of Hotel? Um, I have not, and I really want to because I heard that it has a lot of influences with Ernst Lubitsch, uh. and Ernst Lubitsch is kind of one of my favorite uh, directors of all time. Um, so I definitely, I definitely want to get to that one for sure. But yeah, I'm going through it chronologically. So let's see how far I get to from there, and hopefully I don't you know, splurge and buy more criterions, <laughs> which will probably happen, but <laughs> we're all human here. Uh, yeah. anyways, uh, should lock your credit card until you get through the collection. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. And then of course, like I was kind of, uh, hinting at, I'll do again, my 24 hour movie marathon. I think I, I like doing rewatches, uh, just because, um, you know, like, but what's better than sitting there tw- 24 hours and watching some of your favorite films? So I'm definitely going to do that again uh, at some point. We'll see when I get to that. And then last but not least, well, before I mention this one, I guess I just got Miyazaki yeah. added to my list uh, during uh-huh. this podcast. So I'll definitely, uh, you know, make some good leeway on his filmography. Uh, and last but not least, and I forgot to take the book out before talking about it so i can show you guys but uh me and my good friend Mm. wes uh and i think kevin mckenzie during an exchange uh in you know on our discord also wanted to join in um we're gonna do a barbara stanwick journey Mm. um she's like yeah she's an actress that i i really enjoy um as well and there's a lot of films that i still haven't seen of hers uh she i mean her career I mean, she spanned from like the late 1920s, I think. And she was like in television movies till like the 70s. And I mean, even like TV shows and stuff like that. But essentially, I put together a list for Wes and I um, to go through kind of like an intermediate challenge. So I think it's a list about of about like 20 or 25 films that are kind of essential to her filmography. So the goal will be to kind of go through those and we actually got some some uh reading material to go along with that journey so we bought like this big book that you know doesn't have it's not like a big analysis on each of her the films in her filmography but at least gives you like some background information and some like you know thoughts about what barbara uh, had to say about doing those films so i'm excited for that journey because uh because bar i mean how could you not love barbara she's she's amazing (laughs) so uh, excited to tackle that journey. But uh, what about you, Ismail? What are you planning for 2023? Well, I just got two small little journeys that I have planned out. Uh, one of them is to finish my physical media collection because uh, I have a couple movies uh, that I have not watched in my own collection. I have a list of my movies, um, and I'm at 75% uh, that I've watched. So what well, close that close that last 25 Um and it's around nice. 25 movies, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully I get to... Uh, a lot of the movies are also, like, from Criterion Blind Buys. Uh, I got the uh, World Cinema one from Scorsese uh, for, through Criterion. It looks pretty cool. Did you get the one with the Cuban film? I did. I did. Uh, there's, nice. There's one, uh, nice. There's one box set. I think I think its latest one had, like... It had a couple... One or two Latin American yeah, films, right? Yeah, whichever one that one was is the one that I got. Um, I think it might be okay. number three, actually. Uh, let me let me check number three. But 
Uh, yeah, Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project is basically him saying, hey, all these movies are pretty dope. Uh, check them out. Uh, but they're from countries that usually are not spotlighted in, um, and like almost anywhere in uh, American culture. So, uh, yeah, it's number three. I got, uh, it's got, uh, Lucia from Cuba. It's got Pichote from Brazil. It's got Dos Monjes from Mexico, uh, which I've watched and it's very good. It's from 1934. Um, uh, very, very good movie. And then the other three movies that are here are After the Curfew from Indonesia, 1954, uh, Soleil Lo uh, from Mauritania, uh, 1970, and Downpour from Iran, 1972. Nice. So yeah, uh, I want to check all of these out. Um, all the movies that I that I have that I have not watched. I know Ron, you should do that journey, but honestly, you're gonna that's your whole life, buddy. That's your whole <laughs> life. <laughs> um uh and then another journey that I wanna take is uh basically what we're doing with this podcast, a, a Latin American representation journey where like um I watch movies from every country in Latin America and I wanna do that kind of journey every year, uh uh starting in twenty twenty three. Um because you know, I think it's I think it's important. Um, you obviously a lot of the movies that I watch are from Mexico, um, but there's many other countries. You know, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, a lot of the Central American countries that re- don't really get any representation. Uh, one of the first times that I watched a Central American uh, movie, uh, Panama is from Diablo Rojo Pty. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we know we all know how that went. Um, <laughs> uh, and obviously, the what- Halloween ends of Latin America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, truly, dude. truly. Uh, Halloween ends is a freaking masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> compared to yeah, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, Guatemala I've also seen, uh, but it's mainly just from one director, from Juan Bustamante, uh, incredible director. Uh, but yeah, some blind spots are like the Dominican Republic. I haven't seen any movies from there. Uh, Puerto Rico, I haven't seen movies from there. Ecuador, um, Bolivia, and Paraguay. These are basically the only countries in Latin America that I've not seen movies from. So I really wanna really wanna make sure that I see movies from all these countries. So yeah, that's uh my two twenty twenty three journeys. To round it all off, um, what was your favorite real Latinos movie that we caught on here? I won't say Bardo just because I've heard said Bardo so many times. <laughs> hey, if that's uh, if it's Bardo, it's maybe Bardo, yeah. maybe yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, but Ron, why don't you go ahead and and uh, take us home. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really hard because like, um, I most of the movies we covered I had never seen before, and I was very surprised by by a lot of them. There were mm-hmm. um a lot of really great gems that I'd never even heard of. Um, and uh, then you know some of them like our conversations about them elevated them. Um, but uh, I if if I had to pick one, even though I had already seen it. Um, when it when it first came out, um, watching it again now versus when I saw it twenty years ago, Itamama Tambien, um, mm-hmm. you know it 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 hit me hard when I saw it when I was a kid, and it hit even harder this time though in in completely different ways. And then being able to have the discussion with with, with you guys and. Um, with some of the other people that in our community that you know um, shared their thoughts and everything, um, yeah, it just it, it just cemented it as one of my favorite films ever, and and Coronado is 
one of my favorite directors ever. So that that's that's definitely my pick. Fantastic, Ron. What a pick. Uh, Guti, how about you? The Alorojo PTY or what? <laughs> uh, honorable mention. Uh, but no, I was... Uh, so I struggled with this one a little bit. And the film that I'm about to pick, uh, I was the other film that I was struggling as to which one to cast by vote as my favorite uh, was Los Tiles Amargos. So mm. I didn't pick that one, but that was the one that I was also struggling with. Uh-huh. And I highly recommend people uh, go watch that and then listen to our episode. Um, was really impressed by that film. Uh, but like Ron, uh, my number one favorite watch, uh, and actually it made such a big impact on me that like for fun, I had our friend uh, create kind of like a sight and sound top 10 films of all time poll for me. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of little uh, little Instagram picture uh, that I posted on my personal uh, and the film that I included on there, and it's the only Latin American film, uh, is Itumama Tambien. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't expect that film to, I mean, that could also be in my, the most surprising watch mm-hmm. for me in 2022 that wasn't released in 2022. Uh, I didn't expect that film to, to be as good as I, as I had you know, thought going into it and it touches on a lot of topics, um, like just personally, um, that I really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing more I can, I can say on it. Just go listen to our episode. I mean, even (laughs) though like, like even now just thinking about like what we recorded that episode, I remember once we finished recording and the episodes, you know, it's pretty long. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember telling you guys like, Dude, there's still so much more I want to say. Yeah, like, we didn't get through everything I wanted to say because there's so much in it, um, and I think that's why I admire it uh, so much. Uh, and it's one of my favorite films of of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wow. What about you, Ismail? All right, Ismail, your is time. It... What is your uh, favorite five films that we have covered? Bring, it, bring us home. Top bring us home. twenty films <laughs> on real Latinos. Uh, I. I mean, it's no secret that it's about it. Like it's, um, oh. it's it, like it that 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 movie changed my life. It's so incredibly great. Um, but if I were to say, if I were not to say about it, just so just to, for some variety sake for our listener, um, I would say probably Macario. Macario is mm. an incredible movie. Um, it's got black and white, so Guti's like all up for it. Uh, it's <laughs> got. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, ch- children suffering. So Ron's great. <laughs> he's, yes, he's ready for it. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and it's about you know the other muertos. I think it's uh, an incredible movie, an incredible story. Um, and I just, uh, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So um, that should do it for us here in the, <laughs> in, the, in our 2022 retrospective uh, for Real Latinos. Um, if you want to reach out to us, make sure to. Uh, reach out to us over on our Gmail. It's uh, reallatinos at gmail.com, R-E-E-L-L-A-T-I-N-O-S at gmail.com. And you can reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at reallatinos uh, with our social media handles. Um, but Ron, where can people find you on the internet? 
letterbox.com slash St. Jimmy 5150. Uh, same thing as Ron, except after the backslash CG underscore reviews. And you can find me on Letterboxd uh, with my initials IVM. That's IV as in videos and M as in movies. Thank you so much for joining us here on Real Latinos. And make sure to tune in next week for a brand spanking new episode. We'll be covering Sugar, Guti's Pick. Um, and we're so excited uh, that you're on this journey with us. So with that, let's have a great 2023. Adios. 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 Real Latinos is a podcast written, produced, and hosted by Christian Gutierrez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Villarreal. Mixed and edited by Ron Jimenez. Artwork provided by Luis de Jimenez, Ron Jimenez, and Ismael Villarreal. Original music provided by Toro Lomata. Muchas gracias y hasta la próxima. And we're clear. Hey, remember when we said this was going to be a quick app? Yeah, Ron's going to cut all of my extra shit. <laughs> <laughs>